Hello, this is Joan DeMartin, author of Crime and Punishment, Why the Poor Stay Poor in America. Today's post is titled, Misclassification of Employees is Rampant, and it's costing millions of workers and the government money and time. I'm starting out with a tweet from the U.S. Department of Labor, published on their blog on June 4th, 2022. And it says, we plan to engage in rulemaking on determining employee or independent contractor status under the Fair Labor Standards Act, and we need to hear from workers and employers as we develop our proposal. And they uh, have a link to the blog, but that blog doesn't, I didn't see a link for how to submit any um, information about that proposed rulemaking. Uh, And it goes on to say, the misclassification of employees as independent contractors is one of the most serious problems facing affected employees, employers, and the U.S. economy. And here's a, a quote from the Economic Policy Institute from 2021. Misclassification of workers as independent contractors is a pervasive and extensive problem in the United States. According to a report commissioned by the U.S. Department of Labor, as many as 30% of employers and perhaps more have have misclassified some workers, affecting millions of workers and disproportionately workers of color. The term misclassification sounds too much like a euphemism considering what happens to workers when they are wrongly classified as independent contractors or something less than a full-time or part-time employee. And the word seems to imply that the choice is to misclassify is a mistake when in fact it is often a purposeful decision made by a company or educational institution to save money. The Department of Labor, the U.S. DOL, estimates about 36% of all workers in 2020 were independent contractors or gig workers, totaling approximately 59 million Americans. These numbers have increased since then, particularly with the pandemic, and are expected to increase even further in the next few years. However, a good percentage of these workers have been misclassified and should be correctly designated as employees. The Department of Labor defines two types of worker classifications, employee, full-time and part-time, and independent contractor. And from their respective descriptions, it appears at first glance to be a stark contrast. But in practice, it's difficult to tell the difference because there are no straightforward definitions for each classification. It is rather a list of likely attributes for one classification versus the other. Here's a handy chart provided by the U.S. Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division that lists these attributes for each category, employees or independent contractors. It's important to understand that the differences between the classifications are substantive, like how much control an employer has over how and where you work. An employer can 
can slap any label it wants on its business operations, but it's the substance that matters. I'll share an example from my lawyer days at Ohio EPA. Some employees would stamp agency documents with the word confidential, in bright red no less, thinking or at least hoping that the label would actually make those documents confidential, and I would then not disclose them with a public information request. Of course, it is the substantive content of the document that makes it confidential or a public record. The Economic Policy Institute and the United States Department of Labor both decry the impacts of misclassification. Quote, misclassification denies employees access to critical benefits and protections they are entitled to. Overtime, the minimum wage, family and medical leave, and in some cases, safe workplaces. It generates substantial losses to the U.S. Treasury and the Social Security and Medicare funds, as well as to state unemployment insurance and workers' compensation funds. It cheats every taxpayer. It undermines the entire economy. End quote. In other words, employers who classify all or some of its workers as independent contractors, whether mistakenly or purposefully, cheat the worker out of much-needed benefits, including pay raises and bonuses, job protections required for employees, and also cheats the government out of money by failing to pay the Treasury, Medicare, Social Security, and unemployment benefits on behalf of those workers. The only one who wins in this situation are the employers because they're saving money, at least in the short term. But if you care about current and retired workers and our economy as a whole, you'll believe like I do there are no winners under this misclassification scheme. Until COVID and the CARES Act, independent contractors also did not qualify to receive unemployment benefits. Thankfully, when our economy almost completely shut down, Congress recognized the large number of gig workers would need unemployment benefits too and the CARES Act extended that crucial benefit to millions of independent contractors, albeit temporarily. The CARES Act expired in September of 2021. Unfortunately, it gets more complicated than just two United States Department of Labor worker classifications. Here's an example. The college where I work where I have worked as a part-time writing tutor since 2016, classifies its tutors as part-time casual employees, which is an unofficial designation used fairly often by educational institutions. The difference here is between the terms part-time and part-time casual, not between employee or independent contractor. At least I don't think so. The definition of casual labor, according to Cornell Law School's Legal Information Institute, is not found in any statutes, but rather gleaned from court cases that have ruled on the issue. Quote, a term of art used to refer to work that does not further the business of the employer, typically done on a one-time or very sporadic basis. Employment may be considered casual in character if the person is employed only occasionally 
at comparatively long and irregular intervals for limited and temporary purposes, or if the hiring in each instance is a matter of special engagement. The tutoring where I work is in no way sporadic. I am assigned specific hours every semester, and helping the college's students with their coursework certainly furthers the business of the college. Other than during COVID, I use the college's facilities and tools to tutor. I am paid hourly, and the college deducts all taxes, including Medicare and retirement, from my pay. It was only in 2021, after I had worked there five years, that the school gave the tutors a small raise, and inexplicably, it also gave them sick leave, which alone negates the casual designation. If we have been misclassified, I and my fellow tutors have missed out on years of raises, periodic bonuses, paid holidays, and other paid time off. And what do you do as a worker to address a situation like this, particularly if you are not a member of a union, without risking some form of retaliation? One way is to report your situation to your state's Department of Labor. Here's the state lookup tool with contact information for each Department of Labor. Do you think misclassification is a big issue for today's individual workers, retired workers, and our economy as a whole? Please share your thoughts in the comment section below. And I ask you to join me on our journey to understand the why behind the facts so together we can help find solutions to our most pressing economic, racial, and environmental issues and push to right the wrongs of our system. Each of us can thrive in this country if we don't allow ourselves to be beaten down by the very system we're trying to make good in. One of the best ways to do this is to become an active member of your community and a participating citizen in our larger community. And speaking of communities, you can also become a participating member of the Crime and Punishment community by signing up right now for a free or paid subscription. Thanks in advance for your support. And as always, thanks for reading and listening.